0: In danger. His criminal record fields support of passages of California three-strike law for repeated offenders. He is currently on Duff Row, an adjustment center at San Quentin State Prison, California. He was convicted in 1996 of first-degree murder and for special circumstances: robbery, burglary, kidnapping, and a load act on a child. Of 12-year-old Polly Klaus, Davis abducted Klaus on October 1, 1993, from her home in California. A San. Claire County jury recommended a death sentence on August 5, 1996, after the verdict was read. Davis stood and made an obscene, finger, gestured at the courtroom camera with both hands. Later at his sentencing, he read a statement taunting the victim's father that Klaus had said to him uh, just before he uh, killed her, implying that Klaus's father was a child in danger. Polly's father, Mark Klaus, left at the defendant but was restrained by the uh, bailiff. Mark Klaus, Klaus then the courtroom to avoid causing further commotion. Judge Thomas C. Hastings proceeded to formally sentence Davis to death, saying Mr. Davis, this is always a traumatic and emotional decision for a judge. You have made it very easy today by your conduct. Early life, Davis was born on the third of five children in San Francisco. Sanf- 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 Francisco, his parents Bob and Evelyn Davis were both alcoholics his defense attorney during his trial said that his mother had punished Davis for smoking by burning his hand Davis is of English and Northern Pichute heritage his maternal grandparents were from the Fort McDermitt revelation in Nevada, he and his mother spent part of his childhood with them. The couple divorced when Davis was 11. After the divorce, the child lived with their father, Robert, a longshoreman. Robert was sometimes unable or unwilling to care for his children, so they huddled among family members and babysitters. Robert was mentally unstable and sometimes suffered from hallucinations reported to have taken a gun outside the home and shot at immigrant. Immigrants? I'm not really sure what this word is. Robert Davis remarried twice and Richard resented both of his stepmothers. At an early age Davis tortured and killed animals. That's never a good sign. According to Ruth, the mother of one of Davis's childhood friends, He would doze cats with gasoline and set them on fire. He had made a point of letting people know he carried a knife, and he used to find stray dogs and cut them. Dang, this dude is just bad and annoying. By the time he entered his teens, Davis was deeply involved in crime. He told a psychiatrist that stealing relive whatever tension were building up inside him. He dropped out of high school in his sophomore year. At 17, when Davis was in court, the judge told him that he could either go to California Youth Authority or join the U.S. State Army. He chose the latter, and he received a general discharge after 13-month service. On October 12, 1973, Davis went to a party at the home of 18-year-old Marlee Veris. That night, Veris was found dead of a gunshot wound. There were seven suicide notes at the scene, and the police concluded that she committed suicide. Friends of Veris believed Davis murdered her. In 1977, he told a psychiatrist that her death had deeply affected him, and he had been hearing her voice in his head. And also, at times, another voice would appear telling him that she wanted to be uh, assaulted or robbed. A few weeks after Veer's death, Davis was arrested for attempting to pawn property he had stolen. He confessed to a string of burglaries in a lake and served six months in county jail. Five weeks after his release on May 13, 1974, he was arrested for another burglary and he was uh, sentenced to six months to 15 years in prison. However, he was released on parole after serving a year of his sentence. Davis has been diagnosed with uh, personality disorder. Yet this dude murder with special circumstances let's see else we can find on Polly we're gonna see um, the father's video okay Father Polyclass reflects on 20 years since disappearance. Okay. Tuesday marked 20 years since the kidnapping of 12 year old Polly. Uh, resident Polyclass and her father used the grimy anniversary to focus on progress that has been made in missing child cases since then. Polly was having a sleepover with her friend. Richard Allen Davis, now 59, was convicted in 1996 of kidnapping and murdering Polly and remains on death row. A 20th anniversary event was held Tuesday afternoon. Now let me see, what day was this? Okay, this was in 2013. Tuesday afternoon at the Fairmount Hotel in San, San Francisco, the event which was not open to the public was organized by the Klaus Kids Foundation, founded by Polly's father. My wife and I had a really difficult time figuring how we wanted to address this milestone, Klaus said in a phone interview Tuesday morning. There is not something we can celebrate. However, he said the anniversary is significant and marks how much has been accomplished in the terms of child safety since Polly's death. He pointed to the creation of the Amber Alert System, the Academy of Megan's Law, and the other changes as significant steps forward in protecting and aiding missing and threatened children. Short movie about Polly and the Foundation was been screened at the event, and an announcement was made about new search and resource efforts. Class said. "Class Tuesday It's a very tough day, and that every year the anniversary ah this anniversary comes and we think about what happened back." Despite the difficult memory, he said, Marking 20 years puts in contact what we've done in terms of working on the cost Foundation. I think our foundation is Polly's legacy, he said. The, organisa- the organization has organized many searches for missing people, including efforts to track down murdering nursing students, Michelle Lee, 26 in 2011 and an ongoing search for 15-year-old uh, Serena Lee Moore who went missing in Morgan Hill in March 2012. The police officers, FBI agents, and others who worked on Polly's case also will also be at the ceremony. We wanted to surround ourselves with people that have gotten to know over the course of the past 20 years. He said the moment he realized his daughter was dead was the most profound moment in his life that he feels Polly's absent constantly. A separate 20th anniversary event will be held at the Palmin Community Center on Friday at the base of Polly Crafts Foundation which is not afflicted with class kids. The center is located Former FBI agent Ed, who worked on the Poly case, is expected to attend. So they did talk a lot about Poly class, class, and how her father was there. I've never heard of Megan's Law, so let's see what this is about, just a little. Megan's Law is named for a federal law and information named from substance State Law in the United States, requiring law enforcement authorities to make information available to public regarding resented offenders. History. I'm trying to figure out who Megan is. Maybe history will give us some. Uh, Megan saw a federal Jacob Walting Act of 1994 required each state to create a register for sexual offenders and certainty other offenders against children. Okay. Uh, at the federal Megan's law I still can't find exactly who make it this. A little more on her as well. The murder of Megan Nicole Kinney, December 7, 1989, to July 29, 1994, occurred in Helpman Township, Mercy Center, New Jersey, United States. The seven-year-old was. Assaulted and murdered by her neighbor, Jesse. I have no idea how to say his last name. The murder attracted national attention and led to the investigation of Megan's Law, which required law enforcement to disclose details relating to the location of offenders. In 1997, was convicted of the murder. His initial sentence to death, but his sentence was committed to life without parole after New Jersey abolished capital punishment in two thousand seven. Jesse K. T. I am not saying that name for the love of goodness gracious, I could not pronounce that. Had two previous conviction for assault, young girl in nineteen seventy nine. He pleaded guilty to attempting assault of a five year old girl. He was given a suspended sentence, and after failing to attend counseling, he was sent for nine months to a uh, adult center. In 1998, pleaded guilty to the assault of a seven-year-old girl and was in prison and for six years. How did he get out? He was describing. By on the therapist who treated him as at the facility as a whiner who spent most of his time sleeping, another pair a therapist stated that she believed that Jesse would eventually commit another crime, murder and trial. A uh, Lord uh, Megan into Megan into his house, assaulted her and then killed her by strangulation with a belt. He then placed her body in a nearby Mercury Center Park. The next day, he confessed to investigators and led police to the site. Evidence includes bloodstains, hairs, and fiber samples, as well as bite marks, matching her teeth on his hand, and led to a guilty verdict to charge of kidnapping four counts of assault and two counts of felony murder I have to say though if she bit him she was fighting back so good for you little girl for trying that you try because that's what they say fight, scream, fight back if you can get your get his DNA in your fingernails get something on that person that's what they say at least, like, they were like, do this. I wish I would have known that way back when. One month after the murder of the New Jersey general passed a series of bills by uh, Polly that would require offenders to register. Um, so, poor girl, but at least it sounds like she tried to fight back, which is pretty amazing. Under Megan's law, after a seven-year-old Megan who was abducted and killed who lived next door, parents must be able to check whether or not offenders live in their neighborhood. And this is the second movie which Kevin Bacon has played a child person. So there's uh, movies about this, so maybe I'll watch and review it. But it sounds to me like also sounds like, thank goodness they came up with this bill because, Dan he was just a bad dude all together and needs some help. Definitely some help. I'm trying to sound as nice as possible, but uh, all I'm thinking is, what is wrong with this dude and why did no one ever realize, like, this dude's had multiple cases. The therapist suggested, like, did no one listen to what people were saying? Like, to me, this seems like, if anyone would have listened to the therapist who said he's going to do it again, you need to find a place for him, put him somewhere where he can be, like, I don't know, away from people in general would be great. Megan was a semi girl. Okay. Oh, here we go. Here's more about it. Um, her mother, I'm calling her M, and her father, Richard, her 12-year-old sister, and her 9-year-old brother all lived in quite a suburban neighborhood in New Jersey. Megan's parents lived in Helpton Township, New Jersey, for 14 years, so when it came to Megan playing outside, they thought she was safe. Megan's parents described her as a sweet-faced little girl and losing her childhood their lives upside down. Her parents wanted justice for their child and that is what they got. Megan was a fierce but kind hearted little girl who was going into the second grade the year she was murdered. When Megan's parents found her bike in the front yard, they didn't know that their lives would be changed from that point. Little did the case that the three registered sex offender lived only 30 yards across the street from them and one of them was Jesse Jesse didn't have the best childhood because his mother was an alcoholic and was very sexually towards him his mother had lost seven children before him to abortions or foster care because she was Looked at as an unfit parent, Jesse's father was known as a career criminal and uh, assaulted Jesse, his younger brother Paul, and his recurrent three times a week from his bond of four years. It was said that Jesse was mentally composed as a result of fatal alcohol syndrome and by repeated offenses physical abuse in all of Jesse upbringing it isn't shocking to hear he committed this horrible crime yeah someone should have gotten him help way sooner than what yeah just wow um it was a crime to remember 7 year old Megan was riding her bike around 6.30pm to play with a friend of hers that lived on the same street as her while Megan was out riding her bike, her mother was res- resetting and when she woke up, arrested, saw Megan's bike in front of the lawn but couldn't find Megan. Megan's parents asked around the neighborhood and no one saw her so her mother called the police to report her daughter missing. The police got to the case house at 8.49 p.m. that same night and searched the home and property around the case and found nothing. The police also went around the neighborhood and asked them if they saw Megan anywhere recently. They came across 36-year-old Jesse T., who was Megan's neighbor, who had two prior convictions. During the day, Jesse saw Megan riding her bike and lured her into his house promising to show her and letting her play with his puppy. Oh, okay. I actually remember this story now. This is the one where my family was like, never follow a person in their house if they offer you candy or a puppy. They were like, never do that. Be super careful going out and riding your bike. I think this is the case that people were talking about. Because some people are like, be careful. And Jesse T then began to assault Megan. But she fought back and started to scream. Good for her for trying to fight back. That had to be hard on her. But, you know, to me, that shows some strength that... I didn't even have when stuff happened to me when I was growing up. I was too scared to fight back. It's good for her for fighting back. When this was happening, Jesse began to strangle her with a belt. And as Megan fought, she hit her head on the nightstand by the bed and began to bleed a lot. Jesse then put a plastic bag over Megan's head so none of the blood would get on the carpet. After Jesse killed Megan, he put her body in a toy chest? put the chest in his car and went to Mercy County Park where her body was found and Jesse gets there. He takes her body out of the chest, assaults her again and places, this dude really needed help. Like, just, what? How did you, I, I don't understand how he got away with like three times and yet like During the investigation, the police found out that not only Jesse had been convicted with sexual assault charges, but so did his two roommates, Joseph and Brian, but they were grocery shopping when the murder took place and had uh, receipts to prove their alibis. Jesse was caught into question and lied right through his teeth. He said he didn't have anything to do with Megan's disappearance. The police searched his car on the boat that was outside of his house and found a brown toy chest. Black felt and a rope tied in knots with what appeared as dry blood on it. Police then got a warrant to search for the house of Jesse and they found a wastebin bin of a small pair confirmed they belonged to Megan. Jesse kept denying he was involved in Megan's disappearance, but his roommate Brian told him that he couldn't get out of this one, but he would be his friend on the outside. Jesse T then confessed. Dang, even the picture, his eyes looked above the hell. Now I see why they were probably like, dude, this should not have happened. We need to get this, like, yeah. Thank you for getting the offenders on the list and letting people know. And dang, this is just really weird. Um Kidnapping Megan and was arrested at 7pm on Saturday, July 3rd. DFT. After his list the police were hoping that Megan was still alive, but Jesse told him that she wasn't. And he told them where he put her body. Jesse told the police that he had been watching Megan for months and that he was attracted to Megan because of her soft skin. Okay, this dude is just disgusting. I, I don't know how any parent wouldn't want to s- just, no, no, just 5,000 words of what the heck makes me physically want to throw up and I'm already like sick and oh you just want to go up and slap him which I know you can't do because in a trial that gets you into trouble but dang I would end up having to excuse myself because I'd be like I need to go for like a minute and I'll be back like is there a way to come back because I would be so fed up like no this dude's just no You would think you would learn your lesson after the other times, but no, he didn't learn a thing. Megan K. trial occurred in May 1997. Jesse T. was easily convicted of purposeful murder, kidnapping, aggressive sexual assault, and other charges because Megan's DNA and hair fibers were found in Jesse's room at the home. Megan was killed in during the time of the trial and before the trial even began, Megan's parents would repetitively say they could have kept Megan safe if they had known that Jesse T. was a convicted sex offender. Hearing the parents talk about how not knowing about sex offenders in their neighborhood cost them their daughter Rose controversy. Nineteen ninety six, Paul Kay, a Republican Party Megan's Law. Megan's Law is a federal law that requires law enforcement and authorities to make information available to the public regarding registered offenders. Today, Uh, law enforcement requires. federal that requires law enforcement authorities to make information available to public regarding registered offenders. That is why today people, schools, and other establishments know about registered offenders in their area. And This law has helped keep many children safe over the span of Megan's death to today. To this day, Jesse T is still serving his sentence life in prison without paucity parole. Some of these people I'm reading about just, oh my, my, mom. Well, I hope y'all liked today's podcast, and I am so sorry for all the families out there who've lost a loved one due to any of this happening. And thank you to those people who get these laws passed and get different help because without it, like, this was something I didn't even put together, but this was a case my parents or even my family members would go, well, do not go into a person's house if they say, hey, you want to see my doll? Want some candy? And it's like, okay, never do that. And I actually lived in Jersey for a while, and not maybe in this area, but it's kind of creepy. It's even just sad. Thank you to those parents who turn your tragedies into helping others. We appreciate all the help you've given and we're sorry for your loss. Bye for now.